coming up on the Dr. John Deloney Show. I still always felt this gap between my wife and I. Yep. She has told me um, just recently that when she was 15, she had consensual sex with a 22-year-old. And on my notes, I have consensual in quotes. Yes, she did um, not. She was raped by an adult. Yo, yo, it's Deloney with the Dr. John Deloney Show. The greatest mental health and marriage and parenting and whatever else was going on in your life podcast ever. We're real people calling with real challenges. And here's my promise. I'm not going to lie to you. And I'm going to sit down next to you, pull up a seat, and we will figure out what's the next right best thing to do. And I'm so grateful that you people calling in. Hey, your letters, dude. I'm so grateful for your letters. Um, I'll get to, I got a big chunk of them over the holidays and we'll get to those soon. And I'm so grateful for you who have chosen to um, spend your most precious resource, your time with us. I'm just so honored and and uh, blessed. I, I appreciate it. Um, hey, it was my birthday recently. Uh, I turned 22 and Kelly got me the Metal uh, Legends Alphabet book. Incredible. Let's just play a little bit. Um, let's see here. Pick a letter, Ben. I'm going to go Q. Ooh. Queensryche. Jet City. Whoa! Like, this is like a... This whole book is just like my childhood CD case. Exciting. And it took me down a typo negative rabbit hole, which is a slow, sludgy rabbit hole with vampires. Very cool. All right, let's go to Brittany in... Chi-town, Chicago. What's up, Brittany? Hi, Dr. John. How are you? Good. Awesome. What's up? Um, I am wondering how to grieve the picture I had of a family for my son. Ooh, that's a hard one. That's a big one, man. So tell me more. Okay. Um, I have a nine-month-old son, and his dad and I were back and forth. We haven't been together since so pregnancy and stuff, but we were back and forth and we've been back and forth since he's been born. And recently he's kind of drawn the line saying, it's not going to work out. We're not going to be together. And my head knows it for the best, but my heart doesn't like that. And because I've always wanted a family dynamic because I came from a divorced home. So I didn't really want that for my kids. Hmm. Hmm. Um, And I know that we're toxic together. We just We've tried and tried and just doesn't work. But I want to be able to co-parent without wanting the romantic part with him. Uh, okay. So I was I was going to ask, when you guys were back on and back off, was it yeah. physical? I mean, was it mostly y'all just hooking up and that you were doing your best to woo him and win him back? And he was just, you know, getting to hook up on the side. And it, you you had more invested than he did, or did, had y'all sat down and said, "Let's try to give this a run"? Um, we we did kind of both um, throughout the time we've been we've it's been I think four years this year. So okay. we were together for two straight, and then it was just kind of back and forth. And, and then when he found he out was, you were pregnant, y'all broke up. Um, no, we weren't together then. Um, okay, we actually hooked up, and that's how okay I All got right. pregnant. So um, yeah. Um, what does this guy bring you? So let's take your, let's take your family picture aside. Let's, what, what does this guy bring you? He's obviously a great lover. Like you keep going back and keep going back, even though, you know, it, it, it digs your hole a little bit deeper, right? It, it makes you feel worse every time, but you keep going back. What, what is it about him? 
Um, honestly, I feel like it's kind of all like he wanted me and I wanted him. And I feel like kind of feel like that's all I'm going to ever get in life, I guess. Say more about that. Like, I don't know, in a settling um, mindset, I guess. Um, Who told I you was that? Divorced. Um, well, I got cheated on before him. We okay. were, I was married for about four years and he cheated on me. Oh man. Okay. So you've had a series of all the way back from when you were a kid of core relationships falling apart in front of you. Yeah. And as a kid, you feel really powerless when mom and dad decide they're going separate ways and married to somebody that you love. And you had said, I'm all in on, you feel very powerless to, him saying, Hey, I chose somebody else. And then yet again, right? Yeah. I'm sorry. How old are you? Uh, 28. 28. So you're old enough to have a bunch of scars, relational scars, and you're young enough that you still got your whole life ahead of you. Yeah. How old's your little boy? Uh, he's nine months. Nine month. months? Yeah. Tell me about him. Oh, he's great. Um, I don't know. His babies are so super easy to take care of. He's just a really easy kid. Yeah. Good sleeper. He loves his food. <laughs> mm -hmm. So you, you have created a picture in your head. This is how I wanted this to go. The challenge with the picture you created was, um, and this isn't a knock. This is just me sitting by you and we're just owning reality together. Okay. Um, you didn't have the skills and you didn't have the partner to make that picture a reality. So it became more of a wish than a something I'm headed towards. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so right now you're it's it's just entering into a season of grief and it's a both and I'm grieving like I wanted this thing and it's not here. And so um I'm going to continue to say it out loud. You asked how I grieve this season. You say it out loud, like what you just said. Like you have a group of core people that you could speak in and say, I'm sad today. And they say, man, we're sitting here with you and we're sad with you. And at the same time, you begin learning new skills, learning to make meaning of this and head into another direction. Because if you don't heal, you're going to find yourself with another guy that says, yeah, I want you or at least want what you can do for me. And that will be enough for yet another season, right? Yeah. And you'll continue in that cycle over and over and over again. Why'd your parents get divorced? Um, I think it just didn't work out. I, I really don't know. I was two, so okay. I don't really remember much. Did you have a relationship with both your parents? Um, I didn't talk to my dad from my eighth grade year until I graduated high school. How come? Um, alcohol. Okay. So you had divorce on top of an addict. Yeah. Have you ever sat down and talked to somebody? Um, I, I've seen, I've seen a therapist basically since I, um, broke up with my, with his dad, my son's dad. Okay. How's that been going? Not well? Um, um it's, it's good. <laughs> it's not really. <laughs> Why isn't it good? Um, I, I mean, I, I think I'm, I think I'm learning a lot and growing and stuff. I just, it's the relationship parts that get me. Okay. So what I would tell you is, um, if you're, 
I can't tell you what to do. I'm just telling you if, if you were my sister or you were my best buddy, here's what I would tell you. Okay. It will probably be a long while before you don't like remember how great it was sleeping with this guy or in the moments that were really good, how deeply connected and loved he made you feel. It's going to be a long time till you don't quote unquote feel that. And maybe you get married again, have a great husband and you show up to high school graduation with your little boy and his dad is there with his new wife and you see him hug your son who's now 18 after he walks across the stage and your heart skips a beat a little bit. All right. So there's that feeling and I'll tell anybody all day, like the feelings are fine. That's okay. That's life. It's what are you going to do with that feeling? And so you can have the feeling, I still want to be with him. Or when I'm going to drop off my son, if he says, hey, you just want to come in? You know what that means. And you feel like, yes, but I'm not going to do that because now I'm healing and I'm moving on with my life. And there's that gap between what I feel like I want to do and what I know is the right next move for me. And what you, I wish I had a, a, a more clinical word than this, but you got to practice. You just got to decide I'm going to move into this area. I'm going to practice. And it's going to feel lonely and it's going to feel like it's just you going to work and then coming home and talking to a blah, 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 and changing lots of diapers and then repeat. Um, and that's going to be why you have to get other people in your life, a couple of friends that you can meet with and that will be connected to you. That's why you have to have a counselor. You've got a history of a little girl wondering why everybody keeps leaving her. Yeah. Is that fair? Yeah, very fair. And at some point, we have to say they people did leave. And we're going to learn the new skills moving forward so that we're not trying to continually date and marry our unfinished business, but we're going to create that picture that we've got in our heart and mind. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's okay to be really, really sad. I'm sorry. What's your next move? I don't know. <laughs> Are you sad about him? Are you sad about that you found yourself by yourself? Or the exact thing that you didn't want to have happen has happened? Um, I think I'm sad that just like currently I'm lonely, I guess. Yeah. But I want what's best for my son. Okay. Well, what's best for your son is that mom is whole. And what's best yeah. for your son is that mom's got some friends she can laugh with and play with and bring over. And maybe they can bring over their little knuckleheaded kids and then all of our kids can make big knuckleheaded kid piles in the floor, right? Yeah. Um, I say this with all love and due respect. Loneliness at some point becomes a choice. It becomes a decision to that that's, I'm going to sit in this, I'm going to baste in this, or I'm going to brave the wilderness, I'm going back out and I might get, Somebody might cheat on me again. Someone might break up with me again. And I'm not suggesting you run out and start dating again. That may not be the right move right now. But I am suggesting I'm going to call some friends from work and they're just going to invite them over. We're going to hang out. I'm going to – and they can't stay very late because I got 
little boy and we got to get him in the bath. We got to get him to bed or maybe they can stay late because we're going to get him to bed. And then after that, or maybe I'm going to pass him around and he's going to get all kinds of love from two or three other unstressed out friends. Um, but that means you're going to have to reach again. And the last thing your body wants you to do is to go be vulnerable again. Go say, hey, will you be my friend again? Because you got burned and you got burned and you got burned and you got burned. And what I'll tell you is the only way to peace was having people in your life. And my sister, you got to get the healing that you need. At some point, you got to let that little girl off the hook because she's still playing defense for it. And you got to let her go play. You got to let that little girl go play. Your mom and dad broke it up. Dad got stuck in a bottle. First husband cheated on you. Second second boyfriend, baby daddy said, I'm out. It's a lonely, dark place. The light here is you. And doing the next right thing. We'll be right back. It seems like everybody is talking about how crazy the housing market is right now and how powerless homebuyers feel. Mix that with the stress of moving and life change and job change, and you've got a tornado of anxiety fueling one of the biggest purchases you'll ever make. This is not a good idea. So if you're a new home buyer right now, my advice to you is to focus on what you can control, like the people you choose to help you in the home buying process. You need folks like my friends at Churchill Mortgage. Churchill is a Ramsey trusted provider that's been helping people with their home mortgages for decades decades and their home buyer edge program will help you skip a bunch of the stress. Here's how it works. Apply to become a Churchill certified home buyer and cap your interest rate for 90 days. Then you'll get a $5,000 seller guarantee to help your offer stand out. So go ahead, take a deep breath because Churchill has your back. Check them out at churchillmortgage.com slash Deloney and get the home buyer edge today. All right, we're back uh, during the break. I uh, should have said this earlier. I sent her a copy of On Your Past, Change Your Futures to book to sit down with and say, okay, this stuff happened to me. It keeps happening to me. Now what, right? Now what comes next? Um, And sometimes I'll tell you these calls, those calls are hard because um, she's got a body that is constantly trying to protect her from relationships because relationships have caused so much damage. And so in a nine minute phone call and a 10 minute call, it's, um, it's disrespectful for me. It's, it's uh, grandiose to think I can, I can sit down and say the five or six magic words to help somebody and, and make it all right. I can't, um, somebody in her situation is going to need some long-term therapy. We're going to learn long-term care and do some hard work day by day by day. What I can offer in 10 minutes is you're not crazy. And I'm sorry with you. And you're on the right path. You got to get some professional help to walk alongside you because you had a, a whole lot of mess and trauma in your life. It's just a mess, man. Um, I want to thank her so, so much for calling. Let's go to Sarah in Joshua, Texas. What's up, Sarah? Hi, What's Dr. Up? John Deloney. That's what nice. a pleasure. What a pleasure it is, on. Sarah. My favorite podcast and also mortifying. <laughs> it's all good. What's up? Uh, so I, since I was six years old, I have what I didn't know was a disorder until I was 15, uh, a skin picking 
disorder. So my, my fingertips are just always kind of cut and bloody. And then it, you know, when I was 15, I started pulling my hair out and there's names for these things. Yeah. Trichotillomania. Oh my gosh. You know, the name. Do you, do, hey, uh, do you, okay. We're going to, we're, we're already here. So we're going to keep going. Do you, um, when you pull out like eyelashes or hair, do you eat it? No, I don't. And okay. I have heard of that, but no, that's not me. Okay. All right. All right. Um, wow. So why six? That is just a memory. That's me remembering the first time I was ever bothering with my hands. And I, and I remember being scolded for it too. My, my dad, <laughs> he, he would always tell me, you know, quit doing that. That's a habit. Uh. It's not a habit. It is a compulsion. That's very, very different. And people, people don't understand that. They think it's just something that you do because you do it. It's it, no, it is. It's very purposeful. It's yeah. not mindless. And it's excruciating. It's it's exhausting. Yes. And you know, I'm 31 now. It's been my whole life. Yes. Um, how would you define a compulsion? When you cannot refrain. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes. I. And it's so strange. It, it's strange because I am a very controlled person. I don't have. I don't have any vices. I don't have addictions. I've never gotten caught up with things that all of my friends did. You know, I never got caught up in alcohol, cigarettes, drugs, like nothing, literally nothing. Maybe just if you'd had a few I've drinks, ever. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that actually doesn't surprise me at all. Okay. The, so do you promise that that you like that you know I'm not I'm I'm uh, I'm on your side. I can believe that. Okay, all right, good. <laughs> um, okay, so let, let's do this first. So you can take. Uh, we'll geek out for just eight seconds. You can take like a past digging approach, like a psychoanalytic a psychoanalytic approach. Like what happened in your past? What what things are being repressed? What things happened that led to this behavior? You can do that. And you can also take a very strict behavioral approach, okay? Um, that this is this is um, it's it's a it's a it's a learned habit, just a habit, and then it just ingrained itself, and the habit ultimately becomes a compulsion. There's been some recent studies um, that suggest that it could also be very biological in nature, like this is a Ooh. brain on a loop trying to solve some things for itself, or there's a serotonogenic issues, or there's all kinds of, of, of neurotransmitter neuromodulator issues. Here's why I'm telling you that. I don't want you spending so much energy, A, asking what's wrong with you. Why are you broken? Two, you've probably spent a fair amount of time playing Indiana Jones with your past, trying to figure this out. Is that fair? Um, I wrote it down last week, <laughs> literally trying to find a trigger or a pattern or something. I'm and you said, you said loop. I'm a, I wouldn't say that I'm a, a person of high anxiety, but I'm very cyclic. I, 
I will just run around in circles in my brain until I find correct the root of the issue. And I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that does define me as high anxiety, but I don't, I don't know. I don't. I was so. recently like, having a conversation with a, a good buddy of mine who's a psychologist at Brown university uh, at the, in the, in the research hospital. And I have a theory that I'm just working through. And I asked him, I, I was like, Hey, I need to talk through this with you. Cause as I read more nerd literature, um, the scientific studies, I I'm coming to believe, and I have nothing to back this up. Okay. So this is me just spitballing with my buddy. Uh, but he did say, man, I think you are dead on to something. And in fact, he's told me a bunch of other states I didn't know existed. Um, some out of Kansas, some out of a couple other places that um, would, would suggest that I, the way we are trained is that OCD that basically life happens to you and ba- and based off of your genetics, some people get dragged down into depression. Other people get spun up into anxiety, but that it's a body reacting to stimulus that it, it can't, it, it's exceeding its capacity to, to deal with it. And a derivative of anxiety is OCD. I have been really, um, blown away by some of the, the neuroimaging around OCD to the point that I am beginning to wonder, and Alan Shore did some great work here. I think the root is OCD and depression and anxiety and all of these other downstream things that we try to do is our bodies trying to stop the loop. And you are a person of high control who has been told since you were a little girl that the way you control things is gross and disgusting. Quit. (laughs) And they may have loved you and been incredible and wonderful. But sometimes, depending on what kind of brain you were born with and genetics you were born with and experiences you had, it may just take a splinter, a crack in the way you respond is wrong and who you are is wrong. And your body says, we got to solve for that. And it gets anxious about it. And then it becomes a loop that gets etched into concrete. So I would, my challenge to you is a compulsion is a habit on steroids. I think trying to differentiate between the two of them um, is a, is a, waste of time and energy your body has tried to figure out a way to make you feel better and this is the way it's chosen <laughs> do you wish it was something else for sure um but this is what you got and so here's why i tell you something all this at least stuff. it's not visible or obvious like something i can hide i can't i can't hide this that's right that's right <laughs> but here's the thing you can't hate your body into healing and you have been at war with Sarah since you were six years old, right? Yes, absolutely. You've got to make peace with Sarah. And the moment you can, and literally it's a moment, the moment you can begin to, um, and you've probably heard of uh, ACT therapy, ACT, like acceptance and commitment. You have to switch from war to curiosity. That's your only path forward. Because every okay. time you pull your hair out, you get pissed and you think you screwed up something or you think, what are you doing? Why are you doing? Oh my gosh. Instead, oh, it's awful. And it's yes, awful. it's the worst. It's the worst. 
mean, people who struggle with binge eating, people who struggle, I mean, it's these compulsions, people who smoke, who grab cigarettes, who just sit in their bathroom and have imaginary wars with other people. And it's like, I can't stop fighting somebody in my head. And then I see them at work and my body's like, there they are, kill them. And they're so kind. They're offering me a drink. It's like, it's these habits, these loops that become compulsions that we lose control of. And the key back to control is curiosity. Huh. What's my body trying to protect me from? And I'm saying that with a smile on my face. Okay. What is my body trying to solve right now? Because it is pulling hair out of itself. <laughs> and I'm also, you see, I'm, I'm putting some gaps between you and what's happening. You are not your trichotillomania. You're not a lunatic. You're not crazy. You're not disgusting. You're not gross. Your body's figured out a way to solve a thing. And it's just the solution isn't very helpful. Or actually, I would bet you it's really, really, really helpful or, or it wouldn't keep doing it. But it's helpful <laughs> in, the, sh- that, in the short that term. That also doesn't make sense. It doesn't help at all. It makes me feel worse internally. But does it shift it, your focus away from what you can't control? Oh, absolutely. Does it shift your focus but, away from the battles that are you are raging on a daily basis that you can't fix or change? Well, sometimes it's just, I'm just trying to work. Like I can't even be at work. I, you know, I work at, I work at a desk and I actually work remote. I work at home. So I'm just trying to be productive. And it's the only way I can describe it is like someone's tapping on the back of your head Oh yeah. and you, and you are, you know, twatting the way and you try to make it stop and they still tapping on the back of your head until you give your attention to that. Yep. And then the whole day goes by. I haven't been as productive as I want to. And that's only one example. I have children. Like mm-hmm. sometimes I, I can't be present in anywhere else in my life because my fingertips are bothering me. That's so absurd. My eyelashes are bothering me. Who feels their eyelashes? Like I'm not even supposed to notice those things. Why do I have I so said, many? Says who? Oh, well, I, I guess just general sane people. You, <laughs> see, you've constructed a whole planet about how yeah, terrible Sarah is. And she's not. She's not. She's not. I will admit the things that you struggle with are hard because they're, they're, they are outside the norm. They don't happen to a lot of people. Although I think the number I saw was 10 million or 8 million people. I mean, so it's not an insignificant number of people who struggle with this. But it really? is weird if you're sitting there and you're picking at your finger until it's bleeding and you're pulling a piece of hair out the back of your head and you're doing it mindlessly while you're watching TV and you look over and your little son is, or daughter is staring at you like, what is happening? Yeah, that's unnerving. Exactly. That's weird. Right? It is. But you have cre- uh, constructed a character around this of a lunatic, unfit to be a parent, shouldn't be even in an office with people. And you've created a, a whole person and you hate that person. That Instead is- of being really compassionate with that person, it's like, <laughs> hey, hey, I see that. Ooh, let's try this. And at the root of that, I think this is, and again, 
so some of the neurological stuff can be grooming habits that are wired into us that are just a little bit off the rails. Okay. And so it might be something as simple as, man, I, I need to take an SSRI. And have you tried that before? No, I'm, I'm actually not even familiar. I, I, um, I went to a therapist one time mm-hmm. when I was 15, I was prescribed antidepressants, tried that for about a week. Then I refused them and never went back to a professional ever <laughs> <Okay>. again. <laughs> there is some, um, there is some evidence that suggests, um, SSRIs, it's, it's not, um, benzodiazepines, but it's, it's SSRIs that help with anxiety. They're anti-anxiety things, but what, here's what, here's the way I characterize them. They just turn the alarms down so that I can go do the work that I got to do. So for instance, when I was buried in anxiety, I sat at my table. I met with my buddy who's a medical doctor. Again, I'm super privileged to have a, a close friend who I love and trust that's a medical doctor. I get that. But um, I sat with him for a long time and he said, hey, man, I don't see a path out of this for you without some really good counseling and some behavior modification. And you can't, you're not in a place to do that. I sat at my table with a low level SSRI that I cut in half. Okay. So the lowest dose and I cut that in half and I wept because I thought I was a failure. I thought I was a total loser. I had a new baby. My son was like one years old and I thought I was a, such a failure. And I wouldn't put a pill in my mouth until I had a plan off of it. And my doctor was gl- like super helpful in making that plan. The plan was not even close to reality, but he humored me on it. And um, here's all it did. It did not solve my anxiety. It didn't solve my control issues. It didn't solve my loneliness. It didn't solve all these things. It didn't make me less uh, um, addiction prone. It didn't make any of that stuff go away. What it did was it turned the alarm systems way down so that when I felt a compulsion to do something, I could be curious about it. That tapping you feel, it would make it more like a, like a, like a whisper or a breath instead of a, 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 a bamming in the back of your head. This is just me. This is me hypothesis. Like I, I'm just... I'm not saying you need to go get meds. I'm saying here's what it did for me. And what I want, what I'm trying to get you to do is to open up. It may be time to sit down and say, okay, what I've done to this far, it hasn't worked. Cool. My body's still getting what it needs from me by doing this. Um, I want to stop this behavior. So let's try another avenue. That may be medication. That may be hypnosis. That may mean be EMDR. That may be several other avenues, but let's give this a shot. Does that make sense? Yes. What I don't want you to do is to give into despair and quit and think you're screwed up and broken. Because here, here's why. You start to turn from your kids. Fair? Yeah. And you create space between your kids. Are you married? No. Okay. You create space between romantic partners and they think it's their fault. Is that fair? Yeah, I, th- I could see that. Oh, actually, I could definitely see that. <laughs> I'm so, I'm so I'm so afraid of yeah, being you f- medicated. Yeah, I get that. I get that. I'm afraid if I if I take something that numbs the alarms, mm-hmm. what else is it going to numb? That's in the fair. Process? That's absolutely fair. And there's certain drugs that um, I wouldn't, I have written into my um, 
psychiatric power of attorney that I won't have in my body because they turn joy and pain off at the same switch, right? And so- That's terrifying. <laughs> yeah, it is, it is. And also, um, I can just tell you my experience. Um, I'm, I'm somebody who does not advocate for medication and it was a powerful um, tool in my toolkit when I was getting well. And I haven't been on it in years. Years and years and years. But for a season, man, it was powerful. And again, that might not be your journey. What you need to do is figure out ways you can make peace with Sarah because you can't over control Sarah because this whole thing is a control response. Or maybe a biological thing, which then you're going to need medication as though you have a heart. Like, and just be grateful that you live in this one weird sliver of time and we have all of this, you know, incredible technology. Right. <clears throat> but all of this, That's here's fair. the deal. All of this is making peace with Sarah. Will you do me just of all the favors I'm asking? One, I think you should go talk to somebody. Not because you're broken, but, but because like you have tried to fix the plumbing under your house. And you're like, I don't know how to do what's next. That's it. You just have a professional's going to have different skills. You're not screwed up. You're not broken. You're not, ah, you just don't have the skill set there. That's great. That's awesome. You have tried and you'd be like, all right, I need someone with different skills. Luckily, there's people who went to college for a long time to learn how those skills that can help. Okay. That's number one. Underneath that, number two is I want you to keep a, a journal. And I want you to begin to write five things a day that you are, that you love about Sarah. Okay. You I've have, actually never journaled before. I, I could have, I would have bet my car on that. My car is not nice. That would have been a great big bet, but um, you, you strike me as such a loving, caring person and that love and care is wrapped over like like um, wrapping paper over a nuclear bomb's worth of energy grasping for control. And at some point, we have to release the tension that is held underneath that thing. And for most people in that situation, that feels like the end of their life. Because if I let this thing unwind, this thing I'm controlling and compressing and holding on to with all of my might, if I let it go, everything spins into chaos. And the most terrifying thing is chaos. And so when I start to feel chaos and I start to feel something I can't control, like my kid's behavior, like my husband walking out on me, like climate change, like whatever else you think is coming, the economy's all coming down, or they're going to elect a Democrat, no, or whatever. Your body then has some built-in mechanisms to divert your attention from that stuff that we can't control to this. And it's cool, man. Body's just trying to take care of you, trying to love you. And that's assuming, again, this isn't biological in nature, right? But sitting with somebody that can help you slowly peel that thing apart, let that thing, some of the tension and the energy release. Whew. That's the path to healing, my friend. I'm so, so grateful for you, Sarah. You're a brave, brave woman, and you're an incredible mom. Starting today, we're going to start making friends with Sarah. We're going to come to love Sarah, and Sarah's going to become somebody worth taking care of and loving. And then we're going to be curious, man. Why is my body doing that? 
And that's going to be where we start getting well. Thank you for the call. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. One of the most common questions I get on my show is how do you get something off your chest, right? Like a deep secret that you've never told anyone. Or maybe it's something that happened to you. Or maybe it's something you've done that you're ashamed about or worried because you know bringing this to light is going to cause disruption across your life. All of us, every single one of us, have things both big and small that we need to get off our chest from time to time. And I say this all the time, secrets will kill you. But it's often so hard to know where to start. If you need to get something off your chest and you don't have a safe person to talk to, you may want to try therapy. Therapy is a safe, effective place to get things off your chest, to learn how to say scary and hard things out loud, and figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. I have personally been blessed to have a great therapist who I can talk to and who helps me get those heavy things off my chest. And if you are thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, it's convenient, it's super flexible, and it's suited to fit your schedule, whatever your schedule happens to be. You just fill out a brief questionnaire, you get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no extra money. Listen, it's time to get those secrets off your chest. Start with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Deloney today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Deloney. All right, we're back. Let's go to Joseph in Pennsylvania. What's up, Joseph? Hey, Dr. John, how are you? I'm all right, my brother. What you doing? Oh, man, am I nervous. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, (laughs) I'm not that good at this, man. There's nothing to be nervous about. I'm way more nervous than you, I promise. What's up? Yeah, I I hear you. Hey, um, well, first I wanted to say thank you. Um, I've been listening to you for over two years, and uh, thank you and to your whole team over there at Ramsey. Um, You gave me and my wife some tools to better our lives, and y'all are awesome. So, Dude, thank, thank you, you so, much. so much. I appreciate you being in our gang for a couple of years, man. That's awesome. Awesome, awesome. Just yeah. getting started, dude. I'm, I'm grateful for you. Yes, sir. So um, quickly, I think I need to provide a little bit of uh, context for our situation for my question to actually resonate. Sure. Um, if that's cool. Okay. So I have some notes here written down. So uh, You got it. Um, about three and a half years ago, I made the decision to pretty much change my ways to kind of save my marriage and my family. Um, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm really nervous. That's okay. Hey, um, do you mind if I stop you and, and clarify some things as you're reading that? Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, what did you have to change? Um, so that's what I'm about to get into. So I was, um, drinking more than I should. I had a horrible tobacco habit, was very overweight, okay. um, miserable, angry, hardheaded, um, all that. I, I thought I knew everything. And then, uh, what really changed when I started listening and to your show, um, you say, you know, you have to lay your, your sword and your shield down. And, uh, so I did, um, and then listening to the Ramsey show as well. I mean, it, I mean, you guys like forever changed my life, man. And, and I'm, I'm appreciative of that. So well, I appreciate that. We um, do. We just run a, we just run our mouths, man. You actually did the work. You, you're the one that, yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a generation's worth of, of behaviors you changed, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, so some hard um, stuff. now, yeah. Now, um, we are in our early thirties. I'm tobacco free, hardly ever drink. I mean, wake up early gym six days a week, read books. My marriage is, I mean, so much better than I thought it ever could be. Did you lose some uh, weight? Yeah, man. Um, 50 pounds. Wow, um, man. Congrats, dude. 
Thank you. Thank you. Um, we built a net worth of about 425,000. Um, wow. so wow. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. That's a total yeah. slap it up, flip it, reverse it, dude. How do you, how do you, uh, how do you feel? Well, see, that's kind of, well, part of my reason for the call is, man, I feel great. Like physically, um, emotionally, I feel, um, you know, since I, I started to become more vulnerable, open-minded, man, I feel so much better, like just so much more pure, so much easy, like easy. Life is easier. You know what I mean? That's the word um, is that magic word of peace, dude. Like it's right. It's just like that guy cuts you off in traffic and you're like, all right, dude, have a good day. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't feel like I got to kill him. Right. That is exactly one of my main things is, is to like, just let him go, man. His, you know what I mean? His day is his day and let him roll. You know what I mean? Awesome, man. You're going to live 10 years longer. Just, just on that alone. Awesome. Okay. So (laughs) what, where, where are we here? What, what, what's the purpose of the call? Yeah. So, so um, proud of you, dude. You're awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, so I say all this stuff, all this good. I mean, it is good, but I still always felt this gap between my wife and I that yep. um, was bigger than any money saved or, or weight lost, you know what I mean? So we've become way more open with each other over the past year, and she has told me um, just recently that uh, – uh, this is hard. Um, uh, when she was 15, she had consensual sex with a 22-year-old. and Nope, 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 nope. No, she didn't. <laughs> on, she my didn't. Notes, on my notes, I have consensual in quotes. Yes, she did um, not. She was raped right. by an adult. Exactly. So whenever she told me this, um, she, she started off by saying, don't look at me. Um, so she had shame all over her, you know what I mean? Yep. And then... Um, I explain. I tried to explain to her, you know, before she kept going, that that wasn't her fault. You know what I mean? That mm-hmm. that that was an adult that took advantage of a child, right? right. So right. good for you. Um, yeah. So, but I still feel like symptoms show up of that, and like her daily life. And mm-hmm. I guess my primary focus and my primary question is like how to love her the best I can and close this like final gap that I feel is still there um, that derives from the crime the man committed over 15 years ago. Um, And she's never really had someone where she can go to and just be her. Right. So like um, her, her mom, she couldn't go to her mom, you know, and early in our marriage, which is why I led with all of that was I wasn't that guy either. Cause I would have just gotten raged out. I would have just, you know what I mean? What's his name? We're you know, this and that. Um, And so that's kind of where we're at now. And also, I mean, I need to forgive myself for not being that guy um, at the beginning of our marriage. You know what I mean? And I, I don't know how to do that. Yeah. Um, um, there's several things here. One, a couple of them are going to be hard to hear. And then a couple of them, I think you can take the bull by the horns. Okay. Okay. Um, you have, um, you have done some extraordinary life transformation. At some point along this journey, and I, that word is so like woo-woo and spiritual and like Gwyneth Paltrow, and I, so I don't even like using it, but it is what it is. Like on this path that you're on, you at some point will look up and realize, oh, I thought I was doing it for this, but I was actually doing it for this. Here's what mm-hmm. I mean. For most of us, I would say 99.9% of us, we have to have a finish line to get up. 
Mm-hmm. I'm not just going to go train for seven months to run on a Saturday morning at five in the morning with 10,000 strangers unless I know how far we're running. Mm-hmm. If they just said, go, <laughs> you know what I mean? And like, I don't, like, are we going 26 miles? Are we going four miles? Like, so almost all of us have to get up and go towards a finish line. And that's what mm-hmm. you've done. I want to change my family tree. I want to be a better husband. I just want to feel good when I get up in the morning, for God's sake. I want to laugh more than I'm pissed off. Like, like, mm-hmm. But all of that was towards, I want to accomplish this thing. Okay. And what you're finding out is there's a limit to that because you can only control you. Mm-hmm. And somebody else has to participate in a marriage where both people are constantly giving themselves up for the other person. Mm-hmm. And so I tell you all that to tell you, you are on this path not to get a better marriage. You'll get a better marriage along the way. Mm-hmm. You're not on this path just to lose weight. You will lose weight because you're a guy who honors himself and his family and his community by taking care of his body. Mm-hmm. Right, So you're playing an infinite game here and your kids are going to pick that up and their kids are going to pick that up and you have changed generations of your family. And so what you're finding out in real time is you have quit one of the most difficult habits on the planet, which is nicotine addiction. You have quit one of the most challenging uh, addictions in the planet, which is alcoholism because that's Mm -hmm. relational in nature which meant you had to go get connected with a real person instead of pseudo-connected with a bottle, right? You uh-huh. have done one of the most impossible things, which is lose 50 pounds, uh-huh. right? You've done all this stuff, and you can't control your wife and her healing. Uh-huh. And you have to sit in that powerlessness and say, okay, the more I try to solve this problem for her, the worse I'm going to make it. Because what that 22-year-old did was he took her autonomy away. Right. He took that. And, and just, does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And just to be clear, she, um, she's realizing, you know, she's, she's in it. Um, she wants to, um, you know what I mean? I just want to know, you know, what, what can I do to help guide her to help, you know, just be there. I did write her a letter the day after she told me, um, and she did keep it. Um, awesome. and she, she, she's all in, she, and she listens to your show as well. So she'll be here on this call too. Cool. That's awesome. Um, yeah. And so she, she is, I just want to know, like, is there, you know, should we go to like, is there a marriage there? Is there an exercise we could do? Well, there, there will there? be, there will be, there will be marriage counseling at, at which here's what she's got to learn to do. Number one, mm-hmm. um, the way she framed that interaction, you nailed mm-hmm. it on the head. She is her, the, the blood that pulses through her veins is shame. Mm hmm is discussed and it's discussed the way she framed it. I did this at 15. I chose this at 15. No, you didn't. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Um, And so, or yeah, you chose that and you were not in a position to make that choice because you're a child. Right. Um, And so the last thing we want to do is go in and say, okay, let's do this thing. So you can fill in the blank or I've got this exercise. What she's going to have to learn over time is a, this is not your fault. And not just learn that cognitively. Her body has to come to understand that. She's also going to have to learn um, that. uh, What's the right way? Like 
that her, she's going to have to learn that she has the power to make decisions and choices for her life and learn how to carry the responsibility for that in an appropriate way. Not in an, like, I'm just carrying the whole thing myself. And mm-hmm. so a great gift you can give her is to ask her on a daily basis, how can I best love you today? And okay. here's what she's going to do. She's going to practice saying like nothing. I'm good. Nope. Give me one thing. Would you honor me enough by giving me one way I can love you today? I could do that. And um, if she's okay with it, and this isn't for for all um, sexual assault and rape victims, everybody's different, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen it very, very powerful healing is just, can we hold hands um, and maybe touch bare feet like under the covers? Can we just do that for five minutes? And this okay. is something we're going to do not so that you can get lucky or you might, right? That might be something you all agree on, but that's not the point. Isn't like, Hey, I know how to get this ball rolling. That's not it. It's <laughs> right. I want her to rest in you. Exactly. Okay. And yeah, it's going to be something sense. she has to learn. It's not learn like cognitively. She loves you and trust you. She wouldn't have married you. She wouldn't have been creating a life with you. Her body has to feel that other men are okay. And she I may understand. be there, dude. She may be there, but my guess yeah. is it's hard to be sexually intimate with somebody who thinks they're disgusting from the inside out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's the that's the one thing like that I you know, I'm trying to show her is you know I think that she truly lacks confidence and 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 honestly there's I mean she's a beautiful she's amazing she's smart you know I married way up <laughs> you know what most, I mean? most like, of us did man most of us did yeah. hey but what so you said, I want what, her to I want see you that. To listen to the language. I want to show her this is not a theater performance. I'm going to be okay. with, I'm going to be with her. Okay. Okay. So not how can I demonstrate how beautiful you are? How can I demonstrate how much I love you? That's a show. Okay. What do you need to feel safe today? And that might mean I'm going to go get the milk. Y'all have kids? Yeah, too. That might mean I'm doing bedtime. Okay. That might mean I I call and get a neighborhood knucklehead teenager to come over and watch the kids because we're going to go for a walk okay like what's give me one thing give me two things that we can do to love you uh, that i can that i can love you and it's it's not a matter of i'm showing you it's i'm here and you can't get rid of me because i'm i love you that much um i want to make your life better and that's a different thing does that make sense it's it sounds yeah, like it's semantics, like, but it's not. It's it's a it's another level. And then no, there will come a there'll come a season. Yeah, man, y'all will go to a marriage counselor, and it won't be a million sessions probably, but you'll learn mm-hmm. some things. Mm-hmm. And there'll be some hard moments that you're gonna say, "God, I wish you had told me that ten years ago." And right. she's gonna say, "I didn't have the language. I didn't know how." And you're gonna find out that you did some things that made her body feel like back in. The, and you're going to feel all weirded out and grossed out. And that's part of this healing journey that you're on together. And the only yeah. person you can control in this whole thing is you. Yeah. So no, you, I, I, that makes, that makes perfect sense. I mean, I completely understand. And that's something that, you know, we're definitely going to look into. And, you know, it's, it's actually, I don't know how to say this, but like almost like the, we've done so much of the hard work already alone with books and, you know, um, listening to podcasts and just being more open that, now I feel like, you know, if we were to go talk to someone, it would be almost just, uh, I don't want to say quick and easy. Um, no, no. We, hey, have- trust me. It's not going to be quick and easy. It's going to be a mess. Right. But here, you, you are right. You've learned all of the lingo. 
and you've cognitively put all the stuff in your head. Let me put it this way. You've watched a lot of basketball games. Mm-hmm. It's different when you get on the floor. Right. Right. And someone starts boxing you out and they stuff your shot and they just dribble right around you. Like now you know how to play basketball. You've watched it a lot. You even know how the plays work. Now you got to get on the floor and start practicing and you're going to fall down. You're going to get knocked over. That's just going to be part of it. Um, but yeah, that's you're way ahead of the game. You'll be able to sit down with the therapist. And I mean, just reading what you just wrote me, um, makes me believe your wife won the lottery with you. Yeah. I mean, just God, you're an amazing guy, dude. You're an inspiration to all of us. Um, and, but hold on. And it's, there's going to come a point when there's a we, if it's not there already, that's a weird challenge for her. I can never live up to the husband he is. And that feeds the, of course not. You were X, Y, and Z back when you were 15. You've always been right. And it feeds an opposing narrative, right? So you're not going to be more of a sucky husband to, to lower the bar. No, but you're going to be really graceful to take a knee and say, Hey, how can I love you today? And she's going to practice saying what she needs. And then when you give it to her, not immediately going, I don't deserve this. Mm-hmm. But her going, that's right. Because I'm his wife. I'm the, I'm the woman he chose because he loves me. Right? Mm-hmm. It's gonna, and it's going to be this yeah. practice, this practice, this practice. But dude, yeah, you got a, you got a hellacious journey ahead of you. And y'all are way down the road, man. That's awesome. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. I'm awesome. And kudos to you. Um Kudos to you for not immediately jumping in and trying to solve this for her. Good for you, man. Because I think that's most of our impulse is sweet. Time to go to war. And we often do the very thing that somebody who assaulted our loved ones did, which is take away their autonomy. We take away their decision making. We take away what they want. You don't get a vote. I'm going to war. Because this is about my ego and me winning and my possession, which is my wife or my husband. And you listened and you wrote a letter that I'm assuming said, I'm here with you till the end of time. She will reread and reread and reread that letter, my brother. She's lucky to have you, man. Stay on the path. Stay on the path. Stay on the path. Let me know how this this uh, plays out, man. I'd love to know how her counseling goes, and um, I'd love to walk with you guys as y'all stay on this journey. Appreciate you. We'll be right back. Hey, what's up? Deloney here. Listen, you and me and everybody else on the planet has felt anxious or burned out or chronically stressed at some point. In my new book, Building a Non-Anxious Life, you'll learn the six daily choices that you can make to get rid of your anxious feelings and be able to better respond to whatever life throws at you so you can build a more peaceful, non-anxious life. Get your copy today at johndeloney.com. All right, we are back. Dude, one of my favorite bands ever. I don't have their tattoo, but man, they're rad. Um, Warrant, especially off the Dirty, Rotten, Filthy, Stinky, Rich record. Gosh, what a great record that is. Song is Sometimes She Cries, and it goes like this. Mercy don't think she's pretty no more. Staring at the stars through her back screen door. She tries and tries to make it all work out no matter what she does. She's left standing in the middle of doubt. In a lonely night and in the pouring rain, you can count on me. And sometimes she cries when she's alone at night. And sometimes she's weep when she's feeling cold and weak. Sometimes the pain 
It just tears her up inside. Sometimes she cries. I wonder why. Hey, go listen to that song right now. Warrant, Sometimes She Cries. It's a great tune, man. And tell the people in your life that you love them. Tell them that you love them. I love you guys. We'll see you soon. <laughs>